Welcome to the Survival Guide for Orthodontists, the podcast that makes you the authority in orthodontics in your community. Get ready for insights on how to compete on expertise and trust against mail order in retail orthodontics. It's not always about the lowest fees. And now, from the People in Practice team, your hosts, Dr. Leon Klempner and Amy Epstein. Welcome to the first episode of the Survival Guide for Orthodontists podcast. I'm Dr. Leon Klempner, and I'm joined by my partner, daughter, and marketing guru, Amy Epstein. So, who am I and what are we doing here? Uh, I'm a retired orthodontist. I've been practicing for 40 years. I went to Maryland and Tufts. And now I'm a full-time CEO and managing partner of People in Practice. Uh, You might have heard me before. I'm a national speaker. Uh, I've spoken uh, on marketing topics for CareStream, Dolphin, Henry Schein, uh, Align Technologies, Dental Monitoring. And I'm at most uh, ortho meetings, including the AAO. I recently did a webinar for the AAO. If you haven't heard it, uh, it's December of 2018. I would recommend you uh, listening to it. And written many articles and published in almost every uh, journal and ortho newsletter. I also, as a fun fact, uh, invented the tandem appliance. I was a big uh, early treatment guy, two-phase treatment. And the tandem for early class threes really uh, bailed me out of a lot of cases. I married my childhood sweetheart, Lori, 45 years ago. Best thing I've ever done. And I'm the proud father of three daughters and two granddaughters. A big Eric Clapton fan and love any kind of the blues. Uh, If you haven't heard Rick Estrin and Nightcats, that's uh, worth uh, the price of admission right there. Amy? Thanks, Dad. I'm Amy Epstein. I have an MBA in marketing and spent 15 years at large global public relations and marketing agencies focusing on corporate communications and branding and digital marketing. I am a guest lecturer on entrepreneurship and digital marketing at both MBA and ortho programs in the Northeast, including Harvard's ortho program, uh, Pace and uh, Baruch College's MBA programs. My husband, John, and I have two little girls. Maya is four, Kayla is nine months, and we spend most of our time doing little kid stuff on the weekends, so museums and playgrounds and music class and things like that. So it's a lot of fun. We have a digital marketing company together that focuses on helping orthodontists grow by harnessing the power of the internet. We're doing this podcast in the hopes of helping orthodontists across the country deal with some of the drastic changes happening in the industry today. We'll provide our own actionable marketing tips, but also interview the top consultants, industry influencers, and insiders to help. Our goal is for it to be useful, provocative, and if we're good, a little entertaining. So I was practicing along uh, doing my orthodontics on Long Island. Loved the profession, had two offices, things were really moving along well. And then all of a sudden, I started losing my pediatric dental referrals. And my GPs were starting to ask me if I could help them with their Invisalign cases. And my starts started to level off, uh, which was a concern. Um, I knew I needed to replace them with patient referrals, and I knew the internet was getting bigger and bigger. So I tapped into Amy, 
And I asked her what she was doing with her corporate clients in terms of growing their businesses. And um, we decided that uh, she would help me out in my practice. And lo and behold, it worked. Um, I began getting more and more patient referrals from the internet. And my colleagues who thought I was crazy at the beginning all of a sudden were asking me to help them. And really, that's the beginning of people in practice. So the opportunity was to help my colleagues improve their business by adapting. And at the same time, uh, Amy and I could work together. For years, he tried to get me to join the orthodontic profession, take over his office, but instead I recruited him to my side. So meanwhile, while we're, we're getting this business up and running, the orthodontic industry was dramatically changing, um, disrupted, in fact, and like a, turned upside down on its head. Uh, whether it's GPs doing orthodontics, the advent of DIY orthodontics and uh, direct-to-consumer aligner therapy, everything was really turned upside down. So the purpose of our work became all that more important uh, while we were f- helping our clients face these really drastic changes. And, you know, I, I just came back about oh, a month ago from the uh, NUCON um, biennial meeting in New York. It's a two-day meeting. And the focus of it was on the orthodontic profession and it had a pretty good heavy hitter lineup. Uh, Dr. Nanda, Barretts, Bouchang, Sauver, Lindauer, Ackerman, Burris. Um, they all had something to say, and I want to share a little bit with you. Amy, those names may not mean that much to you, but to the ortho uh, population, they're a pretty impressive list. Mm-hmm. And I came home with a pit in my stomach, and that pit was uh, an uneasy feeling that our specialty, the orthodontic specialty, is really under attack. And I'm really worried about the future of the specialty. Um, Smile Direct Club and Align will spend over $300 million in advertising in 2019 targeting uh, future patients. And their message is very, very simple. It's that all orthodontics is the same. doesn't matter where you go. Doesn't matter how you're treated, it's all the same. The message is that tooth straightening is a commodity and you'll get the same result no matter where you go. So as an orthodontic specialist, if this message penetrates, we're in trouble because people won't know the difference. And um, if we are reduced to a commodity, then the only two factors that matter are price and convenience, and this is a losing proposition for an orthodontic specialist. People need to know there is a difference between a doctor-supervised treatment and unsupervised, totally unsupervised, do-it-yourself tooth movement without any x-rays. Dr. Lindauer from Virginia showed a slide that really was disturbing to me, and the slide showed a study that they were doing, soon to be published, and it asked a hypothetical question, if you were to straighten your teeth, would you go to an orthodontist or Smile Direct Club? Surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly, after $300 million in advertising, the results showed a 50-50 even split. Even intelligent people are not knowing, are having a hard time uh, knowing the difference between going to an orthodontist 
and going to a, a mail-order place to get their, their orthodontic treatment. And in a lot of ways, that's, you know, it's not really their fault that we have to educate the population when a new product or service comes on and tries to position itself as a viable alternative. Uh, if it's not the same, then the onus is on us to make sure that the consumer knows it's not the same. So, I, you know, just interrupt you for a second. Mm-hmm. I, you know, where's the where's the dental um, boards and 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 those agencies that are supposed to be protecting the consumer? I mean, the, this this part of it is really what what gets me upset. Yeah, I mean, you have a really great analogy that you you were, when you were explaining it uh, to the a team of people. It's like you know, flying a plane blind but also with an autopilot. I mean, really, it's um, it's kind of amazing that consumer protection agencies aren't getting involved. Yeah, I, I think what I said, it was like dry, uh, flying a plane without radar at night. Yeah. So, you know, there are a lot of issues that um, are obviously facing the industry, and you sort of couple those with the traditional challenges of orthodontic practices, and there was a lot of work for us to do. So fast forward to now, we have about uh, 100 ortho clients across the U.S. and Canada. We have uh, a team of 12 based in New York, and we see clients that essentially um, are all facing the the industry challenges, but also fall into three categories. Um, We've got growing practices, those that are absolutely on the cutting edge. They're implementing the newest technologies in terms of uh, treatment, but also in terms of marketing. So um, we're doing all sorts of Snapchat and Instagram campaigns, are an audience retargeting, and that might not mean a lot right now, but uh, we'll we'll delve into some of it. Um, so we have some of those growing practices. We and I love also those, I love those love those practices because they push us. You yeah. know, they they, they mm-hmm. force us to look at things and and to keep keep moving moving mm-hmm. things forward. Absolutely, yeah. Those are the most fun. We also see clients that are experiencing a plateau in their business. You know, they're not growing, they're not shrinking, but honestly, if you're not growing, you are shrinking. And mm-hmm. uh, some of them don't see the value in uh, marketing, especially in, in social media marketing, uh, but know they have to do something. They have to make a change somehow. These are orthodontists that, that I speak to on the phone that are oftentimes saying, I don't really see the value in it, but I know I have to do it. You know, they, it's almost like they're coming along kicking and, and screaming, right, but, yeah. but they are coming along. Yeah. And then we have clients that are still sort of stuck in the old model. Um, the practice is on a decline and they need, they need our help. You know, they haven't made any changes at all with regard to uh, different types of treatment, different types of uh, financial plans, making it more consumer-centric, patient-centric. You know, we can help all three in different ways, but we can help all three types of, of practices. And, you know, I, I got off the phone recently with uh, one of our clients, and he had been in practice for almost as long as I have, uh, about 35 years, and was struggling. And called for some advice and and we began working with him and we began looking at his systems and kind of bringing him up to date we're kind of looking looking at his conversion rates we're looking at the financial arrangements looking at the intake uh, because it was kind of an old school approach 
And we, we slowly began making changes. We started doing some of the digital marketing with contests and some of the ways we outreach uh, new patients and, and get those opportunities. And he paid me probably the nicest compliment that I could remember. And, and what he said is that we made ortho fun again. And, you know, I can relate to that because, you know, it's not fun when you're not making money. You know, I, I appreciated that, hearing that from him. And he was preparing to sell his practice, and it was a viable practice uh, to sell. But, you know, Amy, most orthodontists have no idea of the power of social media. They, they, they really don't know what's going on. Could you give us like mm-hmm. a, a short synopsis yeah, yeah. of how it works? Yeah, I mean, you know, just going back to the story you were telling, making orthodontics fun again, we've got the clients that are, you know, appreciative of it being fun again. And then some of the clients, to your point about not kind of understanding that social media is a a powerful tool, it's not just fun. It's actually really uh, one of the most strategic things you can do is harness the power of digital marketing, because it's about data. So most of the marketing tools that we have, we know who we're reaching, when we're reaching them, with what messages. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's almost extremely in alignment with orthodontists who, as an outsider, I can say, are often very numbers-driven. I mean, I happen to be one of those people too, but um, to be able to uh, look at data and make marketing decisions based on it only happens really with digital marketing. So Going back to taking a second and and explaining that, you know, let's take uh, Facebook as an example, which often Mm -hmm. sounds kind of like airy um, and and not tangible. Social media. Okay, so I set up a page and I I post to it and and that's supposed to help me. And the answer is no, not really. That's not really going to help. I mean, it it shows that you're you're there, uh, which is good. And there are some functional benefits to having a Facebook page um, in that, you know, you're looking alive. It's another landing page, like a sort of like a supplementary secondary website, let's say, giving some uh, insight into what it looks like to be a patient at your practice. So posting to Facebook is, is fine. But you can also use Facebook for so many different other things. You know, the fact that they have so much information about their users is really a fantastic tool for uh, marketers. So if you'd like to share some educational content with a group of people, you'd want them to be local to your practice. So you set up some geographic limits. I want to present this information to people who are only within 10 miles of my practice. I'd like for them to have children in between the age ranges of uh, 8 to 12, let's say. Okay, we can do that. I'd like for them to uh, have these you know, particular interests. We can do that. And you can get really narrow there. So it can be very data-driven um, in terms of sharing content with the right people. So just to yeah. get back to the, the do-it-yourself orthodontics, right? Mm. So the message, you know, they're spending so much money in advertising over and over again, letting, you know, telling, telling the community that everything's the same, we're all a commodity, it doesn't matter where you go, uh, get your aligners and, and your teeth will get straight. So, so how, how could you use this to, to change that narrative? Well, I mean, I think focusing on differentiation um, in education. So what actually does make an orthodontist so different from a direct-to-consumer aligner? I mean, starting from the basics, 
mm-hmm. um, and developing some articles around that topic doesn't have to be accusatory or defensive. It just has mm-hmm. to be educational. So coming up with a series of articles around that topic that focus on those people who are most likely to maybe make the switch or not know the difference and, and focus on them. And, um, you know, over time, when you are sharing specific messages, like here are the differences um, and here are the risks, that will eventually penetrate and that will make a change. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as an orthodontist, and, and originally I was hoping that the AAO could play that role. You know, that, well, I, we belong to a, an association with 10,000 orthodontists. They charge us uh, like a premium at mm-hmm. the end of the, you know, as part of our dues to go into this campaign. But, you know, I, I don't see in, in my community here in Long Island, I don't see any anything that it's done to help us. And I think if we rely on that, we're going to end up with the short end of the stick. Well, what's nice about social media and digital marketing in general is that instead of having to rely on extremely expensive mainstream media to get out a PSA on a like local TV or um, in a hu- an article, you know, in a huge uh, newspaper or, or magazine, you can actually take it into your own hands and do the education yourself to the people who matter most to you. And so mm-hmm. it's like a grassroots approach, um, and it's a it's a very protective measure that that we recommend. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the podcast moving forward. I hear we've got some some people on the guest list that uh, that might be interesting. The whole point of the podcast is to bring people that have experience, knowledge to us as orthodontists to help us deal with the disruption that's going on in our in our industry. So Amy and I've reached out and we've contacted uh, a number of, I guess what you would call key opinion leaders uh, to come on the podcast and uh, address these issues and, and, and have an opportunity to discuss them. So um, Joe Hogan, CEO of Align Technologies, orthodontists have a love-hate relationship with Invisalign. <laughs> I know I do. It's helped me get to the point where I could retire and sell my practice and not really retire, but change careers. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Let's not retire so soon. <laughs> no, not retire. No. But, um, you know, so Invisalign has been great for adults and, you know, I appreciate that. But on the other hand, um, you know, they've, they've told us some things that they backtracked on, like uh, that, we're, that they were going to support orthodontists and, and now they're doing a lot of marketing to GPs. Um, they bought part of Smile Direct Club, a whole host of stuff. But Joe, you know, graciously agreed to come on the podcast, so he'll be one of our guests. Leanne Panishi, um, what good is bringing in new patients if you can't start them? So, you know, the conversion rate in orthodontics is embarrassingly low. Um, we, we track this with our clients, and I could tell you that, you know, 60, 65% being an average is pretty pathetic, and so Leanne uh, has agreed to come on and, and give us some tips in terms of uh, how we could change that. Chris Benson, president of Benson Koppel Associates. He serves as the editor-in-chief of a, a newsletter, quarterly newsletter, always interesting articles about the business of orthodontics. He's, he's a really bright guy, and he's got his finger on the pulse of, of the orthodontic profession. So be interesting to hear um, his perspective on on how we deal with this disruption. 
uh, Sue Hainan. She's director of consulting at Impact 360. So she consults with a lot of ortho practices, internal, external marketing. She's got a lot of ideas, collects a lot of data. That's just the start. So how, how's, how's that for a starting lineup, Amy? Sounds good. I really look forward to hearing from these people. They are opinion leaders in the industry that um, it will be nice to provide um, access to them through our podcast. And, um, you know, we welcome your input and suggestions, even questions ahead of having these guests on our podcast. You can visit us at the survival guide for orthodontist.com and leave a question or comment through our click to talk button on the top right. You can also download other episodes as they come or sign up for our marketing newsletter if you like. And we really look forward to you joining us on our next episode. Thank you for joining us on the Survival Guide for Orthodontists, where we help your practice grow within a massively disrupted industry. Subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on social media. Find us online at the survival guide for orthodontists.com.